and welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the quickest way to get the career of your dreams? The answer is to lower your expectations. <laughs> We're coming to you today from the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today, on my left, Fifty Shades of Rage, it's Michael Legg. <laughs> And with him, if you found a milk bottle that told jokes and then put on a suit, it's Simon Evans. <laughs> wow. Nailed. <laughs> and on my right, a woman 60 years younger than her name, it's Margaret Cavorn Smith. <laughs> and with her, a man so well she farts stereophonic songs in his sleep, it's Lloyd Langford. <laughs> It's time for round one, the importance of being right. The importance of being right. Like a chicken farmer trying to buy a new cock on Gumtree, I've run into some problems online. (laughs) (laughs) And in this round, I'm going to present each team with a scenario and they must tell me what the right thing to do is according to Sir William World Wide Web. (laughs) Margaret and Lloyd, this is for you. Uh, You have some spare time and money on your hands, so decide to go on a film location's pilgrimage. You've taken in the Highlander Castle from Highlander in the Highlands, the Dirty Bathroom from Saw, and Australia (laughs) from the film Australia. You've just one place left. Niagara Falls, made famous by the film Superman 2. You both think it would be really... <laughs> you both think it'd be really funny to reenact that bit where Lois Lane jumps in in the hope of exposing Clark Kent. But what is the right way to survive a fall over Niagara Falls according to popularmechanics.com? What? What, are, what do these popular mechanics know about it? They can't just... be that popular if they're being thrown into Niagara Falls. <laughs> It's a science um, mechanic. I think if you if you fall over Niagara Falls, the thing to do is to hold on to the biggest piece of water you can find. <laughs> am, am I allowed to disagree with like, my no, own team? I'm the captain. That's a season-specific answer. <laughs> Lloyd Langford, how would you survive a fall into Niagara Falls? I have two answers. Okay. First one, I would take a tip out of Tom Daly's book and make sure someone else was falling at the same time, but did a worse job of it. <laughs> I saw a thing on the news, I don't know if there's any truth in this, it was a really drunk woman, and she fell off a bridge into a river, and the reason why she survived is because she was incredibly drunk, because uh, she went all Good floppy, and uh, she was relaxed, so I would get, uh, get hammered. Drunk on the way down. On the way down. <laughs> if I was falling. in the bar, you know, you know the, the tradition is to go over in a barrel and I would just make sure it was full of rum. <laughs> uh, Simon Evans, do you like waterfalls? I do like waterfalls, yeah. Um, uh, Enya. Yeah. <laughs> TLC. <laughs> Danielle, you, yeah. do you like waterfalls? <laughs> yes, I do. Move on. <laughs> See, it's not easy. <laughs> Um, yeah. Michael Legg, are you a good swimmer? Really, really brilliant. I'm surprised I'm not swimming right now. <laughs> swim, swimity, swim, swim. That's what they called me in the swim club that I used to swim in back in my swim days. No. <laughs> really bad. Have you ever nearly drowned, Michael, if you're not a very good swimmer? Um, well, I, what happened was... Uh, this is a very long time ago. My sister almost drowned. She was only, I think, two years old. And my mum, t- 
dived in to this little rocky area, very dangerous. She could have killed herself. Mm-hmm. She dived in and saved her. Now, the thing is, my mum was pregnant with me. And we, <laughs> we never fucking discussed this, mum. There's plenty of Dianes in the world. There's only one Michael Egg. Well, I'm the other one. Two, two Michael Eggs. And the, the medium as well. Three Michael Eggs. <laughs> Um, I'll simplify it, Margaret and yeah. Lloyd, yeah. When you plummet down Niagara Falls, which part of your body should hit the water first? Oh, your... F- your eye- well, what eye- do you... Re- eyes, did you just... No. <laughs> that's a very specific date. the dive. last thing I would try to land on. Just <laughs> my eyes. Eyes first. If you, were, you could do that if you were Marty Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> Fuck it, it's a comedy podcast. <laughs> I don't know who Marty Feldman is. Then turn off. Then get out. Yeah. I, uh, I think feet. What do you say? Ass. Bouncy castle. <laughs> Only you got one of them. There is a sign at the top of Niagara Falls that says no bombing. So <laughs> try and do your ass. That would be against the rules. Ben, what is the actual answer? Well, the actual answer is to go feet first to avoid head injury. So point to Lloyd, and also wrap your arms around your skull to shield it, and cover your nose with the crook of your elbow. Apparently, um, but not the ass. Before you enter the plunge pool, press your legs together, tighten your gluteals, and close your eyes and mouth to make yourself watertight. If you do not, water may rush in and cause severe internal damage. Oh. Oh. Uh, as soon as you to... said watertight, I got a bit hard there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> other hazards to watch out for uh, the rocks at the bottom obviously air bubbles in the water make it impossible to swim at the bottom turbulence and darkness underwater will disorientate you and the shock of sudden entry into cold water might well trigger a heart attack and if not you've got three minutes before you black out Ben should do those uh, messages at the end of car insurance adverts how <laughs> <laughs> oh, is entry into cold water at the bottom going to give you a heart attack just the shock of how cold it will be but you know like the water falling down that you'll be in you're not really in that you're not really in that you kind of are aren't you if you're holding on to the biggest uh, bits oh, yeah. <laughs> standing by it. <laughs> Michael and Simon, you're both having a lovely time at the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> Just look at all the tail on display. <laughs> uh, being the slotty slots that you are, you both hook up with a wealthy businessman who takes you back to his hotel. Unfortunately, you're so incredibly drunk that you pass out in front of BBC News 24 and vomit down your blouse. The next morning... Was you're... I not the first choice of guest? <laughs> <laughs> The next morning, you're both mortified and want to apologise to this guy, but neither of you can remember his name. But what is the right thing to do if you wake up next to someone whose name you don't remember, according to the worst-case scenario survival handbook? I think if you wet the bed, that covers everything, doesn't it? They're not not going to be worried that you've forgotten their name. Oh, yeah, it's like a kind of top Trump style situation. Exactly. Surely just go through their wallet. Rob them. I was just going to say go through them. Well done, (laughs) Simon. Michael, you must have uh, woken up next to plenty of strangers. Yeah, it's a long time ago, a very long time ago. I was, I was, I was a rebel in the IRA, and you know, I was reckless. And um, I met someone, and, and you know, stayed with her for the evening. And then the next day, I couldn't remember her name, but I could remember that she was a policewoman. And then it just got her, and I just got, I'm really, really sorry. I'm gonna just have to embarrass myself. I'm afraid I can't remember your name. She went, uh, it's Nina, and I fucking laughed for a month. 
seriously, do I need to explain that to you? No, do it, do it. There will be some people who don't understand. Oh, because yeah. yeah. Nina, yeah. Simon did Nina, yeah. Nina, 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 Nina. 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 No, see, there isn't anyone on your... There you go. Her name is Nina Zedkart. <laughs> She's a very lovely woman. Uh, Margaret, have you ever woken up next to a stranger? <laughs> Every day. Um, <laughs> can we ever really know someone? Uh, yeah, a... yeah, exactly. No, I'm well, a very helps. good girl. No, I, um, I, I find that if I wake up next to a stranger, I can't remember their name, what you do is you throw their shoes out of the window and <laughs> it's very distracting. <laughs> I would ask them if they had any amusing anecdotes that occurred just after their name some had been said. Happy birthday to... <laughs> Tell them to sing happy birthday to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. (laughs) One we've all done, surely, is you go, how do you spell your name? Oh, that's very good. And then you've taken a risk, because if they go S-M-I-T-H or something, then you look like a twat. But if they go... T E R S K I I B E N, then you kind of, you know. Tariskiban? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is hot. Tariskiban. I've seen her. sex with a woman called Smith. <laughs> Just Smith. Yeah, Tariskiban Smith. Tariskiban <laughs> Smith. Simon suggested P-A. looking through their wallets. Is that an answer, Ben? Well, I reckon half a point for that, because they say don't risk searching through their possessions. Unless you definitely have a few minutes in which to do it. For example, if they're showering, they suggest. Uh, so they say, do not guess at their name. Instead, use terms of endearment, like honey, sweetie, cutie, darling, baby, sugar, beautiful, handsome and gorgeous are the ones they recommend. <laughs> or officer. <laughs> I, I didn't understand. I thought, you, I thought the words were separated differently, so beautiful hands. <laughs> That's what I heard. I told totally hands. Some yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Then, then they say, try to trick them into revealing their name. Um, well, that's always a winner. Yeah, point for the happy no, I think I'll, I'll give a half point or another half point to Simon. Ask them how they got their name, which is risky, or as they're leaving, give them your business card. <laughs> give them your business card and ask for theirs. If they don't have a business card, ask them to write their vital information on yours. Tell them you may want to send them a little surprise. Oh. <laughs> I've just thought of a different one. Ask them if they'd like payment by backs. <laughs> Tips for everybody tonight. (laughs) Who got the points in that round, Ben? Margaret and Lloyd got one and a half, and Michael and Simon have got one. Yes! The next round is Agony. (laughs) A bit like listening to your mum have phone sex with your dad, this round is Agony. (laughs) And in it, the panel are going to be Agony Arts to the audience. I think that would be brilliant, I'm sorry. What? 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 <laughs> this is costing me a fucking fortune. <laughs> but before I unleash them, wait a minute. Pro- I'll just get your mother. <laughs> <laughs> But before I unleash them on real people, I want to try them out with a problem sent to a real Agony Aunt and see if they can work out what advice was given. Margaret, I believe you have a letter. Dear Agony Aunt, my boyfriend is from another country. And although his English is really good, much better than my Urdu anyway, sometimes things get lost in translation. Recently, he's been trying out some dirty talk in bed, but it always gives me the giggles. I'll say something Ah. along the line... I'll say something along the lines of, mm, yeah, do it. And it will turn into a Q&A session. He'll say, 
Do what? With what? What's it called? Put it where? Honest to God, by the end of this, I'm struggling to suppress the urge to laugh in his face. I really love what we do normally, but it's dirty to all his hampering things, and I don't know how to tell him to shut up. Any suggestions? Michael and Simon. If the partner speaks Urdu and you don't understand it... it you know, it's not my problem, Simon. Yeah, Stop looking well, at me. Your friend... <laughs> Get your friend to encourage her boyfriend to speak as dirty as he likes in Urdu, which she won't then understand. She is not confronted with any ridiculous requests which embarrass her in the language she understands. He gets to vent his most vulgar suggestions. This is very sensible. I think it's a bit good. Michael, has anybody ever asked you to talk dirty? Yeah. And are you good at it? Do it. Go on, do it. I'm really good at it. If you want me to. But can you do yeah. it without being angry? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a no. go. <laughs> no. Shut up! No, you're right. No, I can't do it. Can't Shut do. up. That's your, that's your you dirty didn't. talk. You bore me. <laughs> <laughs> what a disappointing time. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm losing my erection. <laughs> I'm not. Is that Ari- I'm not. <laughs> Bore is, of course, problem. does have a double meaning. In what that. does? Bore. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> really hot, yeah. Engineering you, tool. Do that. Mm. You, bore me. <laughs> Getting back to the problem, Mark. You, you popular problem. mechanic chap. <laughs> Lloyd, do you ever speak Welsh to a lady in the bedroom? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a very sexually uh, excitable accent, I don't think, Welsh. But if you need, you know, to wet things up a bit. Perfect language. Wet things up. <laughs> <laughs> so saying, can you do that loch thing into yeah. my... Yeah. yeah. Can you saying? say that place name into my vagina? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danielle, um, are you good at talking dirty? <laughs> the tables are turning tonight. They are, aren't they? No, I don't... Um, it doesn't do anything for me. Stony silence for you. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, was, I was drunk last night and I hit upon a charter plane which I employed upon a lady. She gave me her, her number. I'm going to hook up what, with her. out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> you hooking up with her later? Uh, no, she's gone home today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is some uh, harsh criticism. I'm going to hopefully meet up with her after Edinburgh. And um, I didn't really mean this seriously when I said it, and there were other people there. But um, I asked her if she fancied fucking in a jacuzzi. <laughs> we are, I, I'm Did saying... you say it's not that big? <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in an accommodation that somehow has a jacuzzi. <laughs> so I want to utilise it. And, and she went home. <laughs> ben, what did the agony aunt say to this person? Well, either you have to give him lessons on what to say or you have to say that you prefer action to talking. I think that you need to be a bit more explicit in telling him to shut up and get on with it. You don't need to use subtle hints. Literally tell him to shut up or gag him. <laughs> I think I'd give a point to Simon, though, because that was genuinely good yeah, advice. Genuinely yeah, genuinely good advice. Yeah, yeah. Much better than the real advice. Uh, yeah. So now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's audience. Is Maria here? And Maria's problem is, I am in love with someone who doesn't fancy me. 
She says, how can I change that? Either falling out of love myself or making him fall in love with me. Margaret. Oh, don't. This is too upsetting. Uh, Maria, is it? What's happened with this guy? Anything? Uh, Nothing happened so far. Does he know who you are? Is it Hugh Laurie? (laughs) (laughs) Because this was always my problem. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he knows me. Why do you like him? Yeah, Yeah. why do you like him? Because he's funny. Mm. He's very kind. I've never met anyone who's both those no. things. <laughs> no, no. I, I had to tell my daughter, my three-year-old daughter recently, that it was more important to be kind than funny, and it fucking Ooh. killed me. I know, it was awful, it was awful. And her father has disowned me for saying it. Do you laugh at his jokes? I do, most of yeah, yeah, that's be cold. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Shut him off and fuck everyone else that you both know mutually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not standing by this. Does he know you're interested? Yes. How do you know? What did you say? I baked him a cake. You? Oh God! I thought you said I begged him. What? (laughs) Baking is a bit of a double-edged sword for me. That's a little bit mumsy, possibly. Yeah, and the other thing is, you're. Doesn't say say dirty. That's all I'm gonna say. Bake him a dirty cake. You're never. Bake him a pasty. You're never going to have sex with someone after eating too much cake. <laughs> I think you should take him out for some drinks. Yeah. Bake him a whiskey. Get him. <laughs> I hope that's helped, Maria. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Who would you give points if it's, to? If it's any uh, consolation, your name is definitely one of the loveliest and most romantic. You've taken yeah. this very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking love life, mate. It might be a fucking podcast. You don't know you, what she's like. You don't, you're just assuming she's a nice person. She could be a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> your assumption there is that fucking idiot <laughs> tell you one thing if this poor fucking ends up dead because of this bitch <laughs> that's blood on your fucking hands Evans I'm not for the first time yeah. that's true I'd ever learn <laughs> uh, is Mike here yeah. Mike says his problem is I feel the need to push all slow moving people out of the way they infuriate me You know that includes disabled people, yeah? So what are you clapping? Nazis? No, do you know what? That's not fucking fair what you've just said. Because actually some disabled people are twats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Look, Davros was based on a real person. (laughs) Yeah, he was. Um, So these slow people, what is it about them? I mean... Well, it's, it's mainly tourists and octogenarians. It's when you... That's you, not a strong Edinburgh so you have yourself there. <laughs> no, I'm from Swindon. Okay. Oh, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Where, generally speaking, the pavements are fairly clear, aren't they? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, got, I got mugged in Swindon once. This is true. I got mugged in Swindon by children. I mean, and I don't mean like kids, I mean proper little children. Like, I think the eldest one was 11 years old and he had a Stanley knife. And I was going into my hotel about midnight and he was going, oh, give me your phone and your wallet or I'll knife you. And I just went, go to bed. <laughs> and, but then he just went, fucking give it to me or I'll tell everyone in that hotel that you're a paedophile. And I went, trust me, you've probably put me off wanting to fuck kids for life. <laughs> Have you actually shoved people, or is this just a, te- in a your temptation head. for you? No, I, I, 
It's, it's when you can't pass somebody and you find yourself walking right behind them with your hands almost touching their backs and you're saying under your breath, oh, for fuck's sake, just get out of the way. I know how to deal with walking through crowds. I mean, I don't know, like, if, if everyone's going the same way and you can just see their backs, I don't really know how to deal with that. But, like, if you're in a festival or something or a gig and there's a load of crowds and you've got to get somewhere and everyone's in your way, I know how to deal with that because I normally just put my hand over my mouth and look like I'm going to puke. <laughs> People just run away. Get your cock out. And get my cock out yeah, yeah, yeah. and make it look like it's going to puke. <laughs> Can you do the reverse shoulder tap where you tap them on the opposite shoulder so they turn around and then you duck around them on the outside? Comedy. That's the, that's how you get through that's these crowds. Brilliant Comedy. Answer. They're all excellent answers. Who would you give the yeah. points to? You can just come on. I think it has to be Simon. Oh, yeah. Simon and his sensible answers. Uh, thank you, everybody, with a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's check the scores, producer Ben. Michael and Simon have got three. Margaret and Lloyd have got one and a half. Oh, oh. get the fuck! Yeah. <laughs> it's time once again to ask the expert. In this round, our panel must put themselves in the place of an expert, which is quite a stretch for these dickheads, and see if they can second-guess what is the right thing to do in a given scenario. So please welcome tabloid journalist expert, Rich Pepiat. That's what Rich does, he's a tabloid journalist. But no, I'm not, I'm not. I used oh, to be a tabloid you're journalist, to be right that clear. Now he's going. Danny Dyer. <laughs> 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 Where did you work and for how long? I worked at the Daily Star, was the last place I worked for about two and a half years, and then I got really pissed off and I wrote a really lengthy resignation letter to Richard Desmond, who did it get printed? <laughs> it got printed in the Guardian. Yeah. Right, well, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second guess what Rich says he would do in any scenario. But before that, you've got a minute to ask Rich some questions and see if you can gauge his character. <clears throat> okay, so, um, uh, Rich, have you ever killed someone for a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I was deadly serious when I did it, to be fair. <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Have you ever stolen something from someone's house? Like, if you went to interview... Someone, sometimes they need a photograph of the person for the newspaper and they'll steal a photo off the mantelpiece. No. I don't, I don't think I have. I think that's one of those stereotypes. It's kind of like the thing that people think tabloid hacks do is they steal photographs, which they do. Um, but um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, Really, these days, what it's all about is stealing online because it's like Facebook, MySpace. If anything ever happens, you're ever, for whatever reason, in the news, hacks will go online and they will literally just pull every bit of detail and photograph. That's why you have to have all your privacy settings maxed out. Have you ever killed a story that you thought had some moral, genuine moral outrage, but you actually quite like the person who might suffer from it being exposed? Well, yeah, I think that, that does happen. It works the opposite way as well. But I'm just one, not you personally, but the papers, you know, they kind of go, do you know what, he's at his upward trajectory, it's time the... the, the yeah, the, I mean, the, it's a soap opera at the end of the day, and it means they're caricatures, people are but caricatures. Are there, is there anyone who ever actually charmed you and you thought, I'm going to let you off, even though I could sell Celebrities are rarely charming. <laughs> <laughs> to me, anyway, but then you are approaching them saying, hi, I'm from the Daily Star. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest thing you've ever seen? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> is that Niagara Falls, actually? Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> so remember that in the following scenarios, you need to second guess what Rich would have done back in the day when he was a tabloid reporter. Not now, not now. He's nice. Back in the day, Rich is working on a story about a female pop star cheating on her boyfriend. He's found some evidence of her cavorting. However, what he really needs to make this a real scoop is a picture of the pop star canoodling with a mystery man. What would Rich have done in this situation? I don't know you that well, but I think I know you as well uh, as, as anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think he definitely would dress up as a pop star. And probably, like, dress one of his hands as a pop star and as the other hand, as the other person. And just... Yeah, make them kiss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Margaret, do you think Rich would have... If it, if I'm just sort of to imagine Rich dressed as Kerry Katona kissing his own hand. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That picture does exist, sadly. <laughs> It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think we all have such a low opinion of tabloid journalists that I wouldn't even question for a second that he'd set up. I'm think they... confused what the question is. Are you saying he would put a wig on and pretend to be no, the woman no. who's supposed to be cheating on a boyfriend? No, no, no. Yeah. We're just saying, oh, is he Would going he honey to... trap the pop star? Would he go out oh, and... Oh, you do try... that, but that's not even that bad, is it? <laughs> I, well, if she's doing it in well, the picture, she's doing it. Here's the issue. If you've trapped her, she's still cheating on her boyfriend. Female journalists sometimes get used as honey traps because yeah. men have penises and But bloke journalists, it doesn't work the other way around oh. because you know there's Nonsense. not many attractive go, male Boy, hacks. attractive, famous female pop star. Yeah. Hi. I'll give you a snog. It's nonsense. Quite, she wouldn't quite. fucking snog him. So, yeah. Oh, that's but very harsh. He's a very attractive man. Uh, hang on. Don't take it too far, mate. <laughs> Go on. Not, give us, no, give us the answer, then. Give us the answer. What, what is the actual What would you have done? I think in the scenario, what you could do is you could actually sort of get someone to have a a hug or something, and, you know, bump into someone in the street, be like, oh, so I don't know who that was. And then you could put the picture next to the story, as long as you didn't say it was actually related. But that's lying. Wow. It's, no, it's no, not. There's it's a difference hinting. between lying and not telling the truth. Think about it. <laughs> what is true, the difference? It's true. There's a difference. Okay, I'll give you an example. If I'm an estate agent, which is the only thing that could be possibly worse than being yeah. a estate agent, um, and I'm showing you a house, and I say, there is a shop 800 yards away. Legally, that's true, it's true. Yeah. But if there's a wall there, and I'd have to walk two miles to actually get to that shop, and it would take me half an hour, if I haven't included that fact there's a wall there, then in a moral sense, I've not been true at all. You can tell true facts without ever telling the truth. You sound like Confucius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know those women on page three and they have like a little quote of their uh, view of the day's news? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they write that. Oh, no! Right. <laughs> Fuck you! Let's... News in briefs. Are you having a go at news in briefs? <laughs> I am, well. Let's see if you do better with scenario number two. Now, oh. Rich is a cob reporter at the Daily Shitbag. And the, and the editor brings him into his office to give him a new assignment. He wants Rich to track down the famously unstable and not really enjoying her fame, Susan Boyle, and propose marriage to her. The editor thinks this will be hilarious. What would Rich have done in this situation? I think that maybe he would propose to her, but then he'd marry her. Oh, <laughs> go through with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah, stand story by that it. Is. <laughs> I'm sure you'd have been willing to do it just for a laugh, but I think if you did propose marriage to Subo, then she would flatly refuse you. Who do you think she would say yes to? I don't think she wants uh, to get married at Nick all. Nick from The Apprentice. No, Piers, Piers, Piers Morgan, that was who she fancied. Really? Oh, was it? Oh, oh, no, she is evil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't understand. 
understand how you would run this as a story? This is a story that I was asked to do. Really? No. No, true. true. And what happened? Well, I got sent to Scotland on the pretense that I was just going up to do an interview with Susan Boyd. And when I arrived, I was told, no, actually, you haven't got an interview with Susan Boyd. What you've actually got to do is find out where Susan Boyd is and propose to her. Go and buy a kilt and a <laughs> ring and some roses and find her because she's in hiding. And it'll be funny to poke the bear, so to speak. Wow. Is that a sexual euphemism? <laughs> well, it's a horribly visualised <laughs> image. <laughs> Two weeks I was stuck in Scotland, going all around the country trying to find her, including a Glasgow council estate, big tower block, in which we didn't know what flat she was in, but we were told she was in a flat. So I just had to go knocking on all the doors, and I was in a kilt, clutching roses, and saying, is Susan Boyle in there? They did somewhat think I was taking the pit. I made it half of one floor before being forced to flee by a man wielding a knife and a can of tenants. <laughs> and that well, was that. one does tend to lead to the other. <laughs> but I, I did find I her. I did, did. I did. I did and find did her eventually. Well, eventually her neighbour felt so sorry for me because I was just a pathetic, wasted figure turning up going, have you seen Susan? She went, look... She's actually just round the corner this whole time. We'll get around and you can do your little like thing. Like Bin Laden. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, quite. She was just there the yeah. whole time. And, and so she turned up and I proposed and she did the photo and then she told me to piss off. You shot her in the face and uh, <laughs> dumped <laughs> her in the sea. <laughs> As we all remember. <laughs> There's a nice end to this story. There's oh, a nice end. I gave Aww. evidence at the Leveson inquiry and, and I apologised to Susan Boyle, um, which has never been done at a public inquiry apparently um, before. <laughs> and I got a phone call for agent later that day saying that Susan was watching the Leveson inquiry and was um, very thankful. And there was just, that was quite surprising. A, that she'd like, accepted the apology, and B, she was watching the Leveson inquiry. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. Big round of applause for expert Rich Peppia. Final round, what are the scores, producer Ben? Uh, Michael and Simon have got four, Margaret and Lloyd have got one and a half. The next round is so wrong it's right, hopefully. It's do the wrong thing. In this round, I want the panellists to tell me what they think is the wrong thing to do in a given situation. The wrongest answer will win you a five-star review from the internet. <laughs> the round ends when producer Ben's tugboat arrives into the harbour. Here it goes. God tells you to sacrifice your son. What is the wrong thing to do? The wrong thing to do is to displease God. <laughs> okay? Guys? Okay? I'd, I'd sacrifice my daughter and go, Ha! Fuck you, God! <laughs> You're in custody and have the right to one phone call. What is the wrong thing to do? I'd uh, say, no, I'm fine. Phone <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the police. To ring, yeah. 999! <laughs> <laughs> Toddler calls you a bell end. What is the wrong thing to do? Show your bell end. <laughs> get, get a tattoo. Climb into bell the bell end and drive off in it. <laughs> is, is that a thing? Is that, is that possible? I'm just going to drive off in my bell end. I was walking down the street once and there was like a really annoying toddler kind of running in front of me, kind of, and he fell over. 
and he's with his mum and he started crying and he looked up at me with tears in his eyes as if I would give him some sort of advice. And because he'd annoyed me, I just looked at him in the eye and went, it gets worse. (laughs) And then you got your bell end out. You finally got a seat on a packed train. A heavily pregnant woman gets on and looks at you pleadingly. What is the wrong thing to do? Wank. (laughs) (laughs) Remove a metal coat hanger from your rucksack instead. Thing we've ever heard. That's the wrong all, thing. All of the other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that that was was the oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's the end of the show. All good things oh, come indeed. to an end. I mean, look at Rupert Murdoch. He's still alive. <laughs> Before we get the final scores, as this is the end of our Edinburgh run, I just want to thank Zoe Fell, Zoe Waterman, and Johnny Ingram, who've been working on the show for no money at all. The idiots. <laughs> Idiot! Idiot! Producer Ben, what are the final scores? The final scores are that Margaret and Lloyd have three and a half, but Michael and Simon have seven. Oh, oh my God. God. Well done, Michael and Simon. Thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Yay! Do the right thing for Simon Evans, Lloyd Lansford, Margaret Cable, Smith, Michael Lake, expert guest, Chris Pepiatsky, Daniel Wood, Ryder by the producer, and Will Patton, the script together with Ashton Taylor, Andy Watson, and David Green, the mastermind of the meeting. Thanks for the person for having us. It's Zoe Brown, Zoe Waterman, Johnny Ingram for helping out. Do the right thing with the boss production for that incident. Goodbye. <laughs> like Do the Right Thing, you may also enjoy Mustard Comedy Magazine. Jam-packed with funny words and pictures, plus huge exclusive interviews with Michael Palin, Graham Linehan, Robin Ince, Stuart Lee and many more, including guest contributors Alan Moore and Matt Berry. Brilliantly funny, says the BBC. Absolutely cracking, says Channel 4. A satirical gem, says the Telegraph. First class, says the Guardian. You get the idea. People like it. Mustard, as seen in the IT crowd. If you look really closely. Get your mustard at mustardweb.org. Mustard is written in front of a live studio audience. Look, there they are. See? Mustardweb.org. Log it into your Interpod now. Mustard.